right then. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Lester, Pastor Lester and Sharon Hayes here this morning uh, in the good old wet, sunny uh, city of, of Tallahassee, state of Florida. Coming at you this morning, amen, for uh, creating a prayer culture for God this morning. We thank God this morning for this awesome ministry platform that he wanted created so that uh, people could come together and pray to counter all that the enemy is busy doing out there. And also to be able to share fresh manna early in the morning that you can have some good old spiritual food to nourish you so that you can go forth and make wise decisions and discern between what is right and what is wrong. And you are confronted and you encounter challenges, situations, and circumstances um, each and every day of your life because there are new things that we're going to encounter. And we need the divine importation of the wisdom of God. We need the spirit of wisdom to be able to discern these things. We need the knowledge so that we don't perish in well doing out there. And we need a, 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 a you know a, a word from the Lord that can point us toward that vision that God has to give us for our future hope. You know, he says, I know my thoughts towards you. They're not evil. They're good to bring you to an expected end. That's the vision right there, that expected end, how God expects life to end. Amen. And to give us a hope in the future. So that's the vision that we should encapsulate our minds right there. But we need the wisdom of God. We need the, you know, the manifold wisdom of God because there's so many things out there that can distract and can hinder and can get in the way and confuse sometimes and frustrate. And so we want to have a clear path forward. And we know that path is that highway that God has set us on heading in the right direction because once we repent it, we change direction and we want to keep on moving in that right direction toward that promise that God made us that there is a hope and a future that awaits us and God has a way of, 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 of life ending for us and that's called destiny and we don't want to abort our destiny on the way to our destiny that we might arrive there in God's due time amen but in the meantime you know he wants us to enjoy the bit of heaven here on earth before that that time before that conclusion before the culmination of this age amen and i'm excited about that that's the hope that we go forth with pray and hope that that's what you're hoping for too that all that is starting well will end well as long as we stay with the promises of god as long as we stay focused as long as we keep our focus fixed on him behold you know keep our focus fixed on him we should be good as we always taught that in the book of isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 if we keep our minds he who keeps his mind stayed on the lord God and keep him in perfect peace. I don't know about you, but when I'm traveling, I like to have peace of mind. You look out the window sometimes, you see all kind of craziness, all kind of obstruction. And so as we look out this spiritual window this morning of this glory train that we're on, we might see some things and encounter some things, but if we keep our eyes on the prize, I'm here to tell you, man, God will flood us with perfect peace. And I don't know about you, but I love peace that you can't explain in mere words. You know, the Bible said that, you know, it's that that peace that surpasses all understanding, but it has a purpose to garrison and mount guard over our hearts and our minds that we may be kept in Christ Jesus, kept focused, amen, kept steady, you know, kept fixated on God, not never taking our eyes off of him, that we might arrive to that destiny that God has planned for us. So I'm excited this morning, so let's get in here, check in this morning, and see what God's got for us this morning in his holy word. Amen. I'm just so excited about it. I hope you're having ears this morning to hear what I'm saying to you this morning. I'm trying to speak uh, beyond your natural ear this morning and speak down into your spirit to hear that inner ear this morning. Amen. Because I, I want you to have some miracles in your hearing this morning. I want you to hear some miracles. You know, there's a commercial that comes on sometimes 20 times a day. I said, they pay all that money, man, because they want people to buy this little gadget called a miracle here. And I said, boy, if you ever let God touch your ears, man, you will hear miracles. I'm telling you, man. And so I, I, I just want to borrow from that this morning. I want to declare that your ears are getting ready to be transformed into miracle ears because you're getting ready to hear the word of God. And it's the word of God. Amen. That, 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 you know, that's, uh, uh, he, he said that, you know, when you hear that word, it gives you faith. And that's how you're going to please God. And that's a miracle, y'all. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. According to the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that turns your ears into miracle ears because you can let hear what thus says the spirit of the Lord, amen, to the church. And we are the church outside of the building today, just like we're the church inside the building, amen. So I pray today in the name of Jesus that a miracle working anointing will come over your ears right now, that you can hear these precious promises this morning and you can begin to raise your level of faith 
and believe that God is a miracle working God. He opened doors that nobody can open. He closed doors that nobody can close. He do miracles, and for that, we ought to be glad. Somebody's ears ought to be ringing right now. Somebody's ears right now ought to be hearing right now. We talked two days ago about God putting spiritual filters in your ears, so by now, everything else, the noise ought to be filtered out. And you ought to be on here this morning. You had two more speakers before I came on this morning. You had about there, about the people. So your ears ought to be in good shape this morning. They ought to be well exercised this morning. And filters ought to have filtered out every little noise this morning that your ears are hearing the miracle-working power of God this morning is my declaration this morning. So I'm excited this morning. You don't need no $3,500 gadget to hear better. If you can just let the Holy Ghost give you ears to hear this morning, you will hear crystal clear what God is saying to the church this morning by His Spirit. I'm excited about that. Amen. We're getting ready to hear the word of the Lord. And I pray, Holy Ghost, condition your ears this morning. Let's check in this morning. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is not a temptation but deliver us from evil, but thine is your kingdom, the power, the glory. It all belongs to you. Now, Holy Ghost, we thank you this morning. Give us ears to hear right now what thus says the Spirit of God. Speak to us today as we humbly submit ourselves and surrender all to you today. We just want to hear about the miracle work of God, what he's able to do, what he's already done, that we may praise him for but He's, a, he's yet to do. So we thank you this morning for these precious promises that we hear about, we read about, we study about, we meditate about, and we memorize about that we might have these precious promises readily available as the situations and circumstances begin to change because we know the message does not change because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever according to his word and the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. So we thank you that the message has not changed and we're still able to hear what thus says the Lord, that we may be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong, that we may go forth and continue to make well-informed decisions, having the wise ear of those who hear the knowledge of God. Therefore, they cannot perish. Amen. And it will arrive us in due time at our destiny that's already planned for God. So we thank you this morning. Order our steps in the word of God. Order our thoughts in the word of God. Order our mindset this morning in the word of God. And so we thank and praise you this morning. Elevate our level of understanding this morning that we may not only receive the wisdom of God, liberty, but Father, that we may have clear and precise understanding of what thus says the Lord does this morning. Is our prayer this morning. Thank you this morning for ears to hear what thus says the Spirit of the Lord. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Amen. I want to just preface this morning the word that I'm going to be teaching today will be back in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. I want to pick up around verse 7 and try to finish the 14 verses. Amen. As we, we left off the last uh, time we were here speaking. But we just give God praise and glory and honor this morning. I'm going to talk again this morning from the subject, what kind of ears do you have? Right now, some of your ears have already been conditioned to hear clearly what God is saying right now in the midst of all the noise that you probably have had to deal with this week and filter out this week, amen, and may have been some pressure times, may have been some more frustration, may have been some challenges, it may have came from within, it may have came from without, just don't know, you know, maybe you stopped by the store and saw some confusion, maybe you stopped and heard some cussing, maybe you heard this, maybe you went on your page and somebody sent you something with a bunch of profanity and perverse language and Maybe you saw some pictures of somebody being abused by police. You may have heard a lot of things and you clicked on the little video and you heard some things that was, was not pleasant to your ear. But I just want to thank God this morning for the kind of ears that we have to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And we get the opportunity right now to recondition our ears this morning, to readjust our ears this morning and hear some good old quality manna from heaven. We ain't hearing no junk today. We ain't hearing no noise today. We're going to hear the word of God all day today. We're going to hear it this morning. We're going to hear it again later on this morning through praise and worship. We're going to hear it again this morning from Minister Smith. We're going to hear it again this morning from Pastor Sharon. And by the end of the day, man, your ears, man, ought to be buzzing, amen, with some good stuff, man. I'm telling you, man, I just thank God for it. But I want to preface this this morning. I was just reading yesterday as I was responding to someone on my page and Y'all know me, I done told you before, when you when you send stuff stuff on my page, you might get a, a, a scripture or two in response. Amen. Especially if 
I know you, and and you you are especially if you're a member of new uh, of, of more than I mean of, of more than Compass Voice Christ Ministry and New Freedom Christian Ministry. You know me. I'm gonna send the word back at you. It's because I love you, and it's because I want your ears to be able to hear what God is saying in the midst of all that noise that's out there. Because I know sometimes it targets our ears to try to throw us away from what we really, really need to be hearing. Amen. And so I want to just preface this this morning for the benefit of all you that are on here this morning before I go to my message. And it's over out of the book of Rebel, a book of uh, Jude. Amen. And Jude is Jesus' half-brother. It took him a while to realize what his brother was saying to the, to the to the hearers out there, to all the hearers out there, all the believers out there. And sometimes it takes us a little bit of time, a few times, a few visits back to the Word of God before we finally condition our ears to be able to hear through all the noise, really the keen, crystal clear message that God is trying to get to his people because he don't want us to perish for a lack of knowledge. That's why he said, ask if you like wisdom, <clears throat> because wisdom is the principal thing to get in life can't get through life without the wisdom of God. It's just impossible. And so it's the principal thing that God wants to give to us more than anything. He said, I would give it liberty if you simply ask, and then all you'll get is get understanding because it's important that you know how to apply it. Because of all the knowing, all the rattling, all the tickling brass and sounding simmer, all the voices out there that speaking a, a, a different kind of philosophy, a different kind of traditional message. And God wants you to be able to have your ears conditioned to be able to hear what the Spirit of God, and that's the Spirit of truth. He speaks, my God, the continuous message that Jesus was teaching when he was on earth, that the Father and, and, and Jesus and the Word had in the beginning as they were planting this thing called life. You know, all of them speak the same message, and we want to be able to hear crystal clear what they're saying to us. And so just listen at, at these words right here and be encouraged uh, as, I, as I just shared them with you, just to preface what I'm getting ready to talk about. Uh, I thought it was appropriate, amen. And it's an exhortation to all believers. It's not a put down, it's an exhortation. It's this, we both exhort one another. So I want to exhort you with these words as I get started this morning, man. I want you to receive it as an exhortation. I want you to feel built up in this this morning. I want you to feel encouraged by this this morning because this is the word of the Lord. You know, and as we come together, the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, the King James Bible tells us, that we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, as we see the day approaching, exalting one another. And I'm here to tell you, you hear me say it all the time. If you want to exalt me, always give me the word. Start with the word, as Pastor Sharon has taught us, stay with the word and end with the word, and we'll continue to be exalted by one another. If we start dipping and dabbing and going other directions, it becomes very hard. You'll lose me. You'll cut me off. I want that flow to continue. So always exalt me with the word of God, and I pray that I'll be able to always exalt you with the word of God. And so receive this morning as an exhortation because this is what it was intended to do by Jude, and this is what it was intended to do by Jesus Christ, and this is what it's going to continue to do is exalt one another with the word of God. Amen. So let's just read this. I want to begin reading at verse 17. That's the book of Jude, only one chapter. Amen. And I want to uh, start there and read through uh, through the end of the chapter just to exhort you this morning. And it says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we constantly always preface what we're saying by the teaching that has already been done, the foundation that has already been laid, that teaching of the original apostles and prophets where Jesus Christ was the chief cornerstone. That gospel message was about his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is the foundation. And he told Peter, and we know this, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All that noise out there, all that tradition of men that make the glorious gospel of no effect, all them poems, all that philosophy, all them enticing words and excellency of speech out there that being waved at God's people. Amen. That is not the foundation. That is not the teaching. You know, that came after that original teaching, after that foundation has been laid. And you got to build on this foundation if you want your house to stand when the storms of life come and, and, and try it and blow against it. And he goes on in verse 18 and he says, How that they told you, okay, there should be markers in the last time, amen, who should walk after their own ungodly love. You got to be aware of, got to have that ear so you can hear them. I mean, they follow after their own passions. That's all they're saying. They don't 
money right now when people don't have no money. People are hurting right now. They don't even know whether they're going to get another $600 stimulus check. They're trying to figure out ways right now, man, behind the scenes, how they're going to cut that little money in half. You know, don't want, just don't want to get 70% of what your income was. you got a household you're trying to run. But see, they're being uh, fed by their own passion. They're being led by their own passion. They're not being led about what your need is. You know, but see, God said, I will supply all your need. That's why you got to put your confidence in him. That's why you got to build your hope on the promises of God, because they don't change. You know, he will supply all your need according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. That's the wisdom you got to have. Because you, I mean, you'll get frustrated, man, if you get caught up in this stuff right now. But we got to look beyond these present situations and circumstances and see the coming glory of God. He's going to open this thing up. He's going to provide for those who are built on that foundation, you know, of those promises that he made through the that teaching through the apostles and prophets where he's the chief cornerstone. And then he goes on to say here in verse 19, these be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. That's a capital spirit. They don't have the spirit of God, so they can't walk in agreement with what your need is. And you shouldn't walk in agreement with theirs because they're two different things. Theirs is based on sensual, meaning the lust of the eye, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. They're trying to please their own ambitions and their own self-righteousness. You know, and the Lord tell us to avoid that. You know, he told us to avoid that. Amen. And so, we, you know, we're, we're, we're totally being led by the Spirit of God. That's what we got to understand here. You know, they cause division, if anything else, and we see a lot of that going on right now. They're worldly-minded. Uh-oh, they're worldly-minded. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. They are worldly-minded. Remember, we keep our minds stayed on the Lord. We think on things that are above, heavenly things. We think on things that are good and honest and true and lovely and pure. Things that be of a good report and there be any virtue, any strength in us, that there be any praise, you know, any any glorifying God in the midst of all of this. We give thanks all the time. Amen. He said, think on these things that your heart and your mind might be kept in the Lord. You know, amen. Amen. That's over in the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. I think it starts at verse 8 down through verse 19. We know God supplies everything we need anyway. And so they come to cause division. They're worldly-minded. And the reason they're worldly-minded is that they do not have the Spirit. Come out the Holy Spirit. The precious promise of the Father remind us of the promises of God. To bring those things back down, remember. Why? The memory of the just is blessed. You know, our minds are renewed to the things of God. We're in this world. We're not of this world. You know, we don't conform to the things of this world. We've been transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we're on this mind that's wanting to be more transformed, to be more conformed. To God's, uh, to God's promises to us. And so he goes on to say, you know, in verse 20, be ye beloved, he said, but ye beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So you got to build up your life, okay, building upon your most holy faith. See, when, you, when your faith comes by what you hear from the Word, the Word is so spiritually, you know, the Word is so spiritually anointed that you can build yourself up on your most holy faith because that faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word. It's so spiritually discerned. You know, that as you hear it, it's, that, that faith is holy. As we said before, the pure the word, the pure the faith, the pure the outcome, the pure what you believe in God for. And pure is pure. That means it ain't got to go through no contamination, no pollution. You know, it's going to do what it was intended to do, what it was meant to do. Take care of that purpose before it do anything else. It's going to, it's supreme. It's above everything else. It's above the noise. It's above the freight. It's above all the, the tradition. You know, nothing can touch it. Nothing can reach it. And he said, that's why you build yourself up in it, praying in the Holy Ghost. Because we don't know how to pray as we should, according to the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26 and verse 27 of the King James Bible. He, he intercedes for us with moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered. Because he knows what we need to pray for. <laughs> Remember that 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 spirit of concupiscence that's deep down inside of us. Sometimes it, it compels us to want to doubt, to want to you know, about to give up, just want to barely hang on instead of holding on, you know. And so he searches those things so we don't give up, so we don't just end up hanging on, but we hold on until the Lord bless us. Uh, Jacob had a little bit of that going on. He had struggles. But he said, Lord, I'm not going to let you go. I'm tired of these struggles. This got to end. I've been hanging on by the skin of my teeth, Lord. I've been wondering, been in fear by my brother, what, what he saw going to do if we ever get back together. But, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired of just hanging on. He, so he got to that point, man, when he stopped that night, and that fear built up on him, that pressure got on him. He was just about to meet his brother. He sent scouts ahead to 
deliver the message, cook him some presents and gifts. Just tell you something. All you have to do with God is just present yourself to him. You just have to present yourself to him. You don't have to try to fancy God. You don't have to try to impress God. He already know everything about us. Just come to him the way you are. Fall on your sword and say, Lord, I just give up. I surrender all to you. The Bible said he got a hold on him. I ain't going to let you go. Wrapped with that angel all night. It's time for some of us, man, to just wrap it with God all night long. Get a grip on him. Don't let him go until I get my breakthrough. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 30, verse 5, we can may endure for a night. Wrap it through the night with that thing. But in the morning, you get up to get on this line expecting to hear something from God that you haven't heard before. And he said, joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. There's joy this morning. Let that joy of the Lord be your strength this morning. Let joy be what you hear this morning. Amen. And let it strengthen you. And he goes on to say here, man, I'll tell you why in a minute. Building yourself up your most holy faith. Praying, it's always good to pray. God's people called by his name should always humble themselves and pray and seek his faith and turn from our wicked ways. Don't have to complain about it. Just talk to God about it. Just talk to God about it. And he said, I will hear from heaven for you. And I will forgive your sins. And I will heal your lane. I'm telling you, man, what a promise from God. Keep in yourselves. I love this next verse, verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Look beyond these little present things that are going on. Keeping ourselves in the love of God. Waiting for the mercy of Christ Jesus in his return. There's mercy right now that's new every morning. We get that. Grace and truth every morning. We get that. But we got to wait on the Lord because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, set aside every weight, every sin that's going to be set up, and let's keep running for our life. Let's keep running to see what the end is going to be. You know, run like an athlete. To do that, you got to train like an athlete. This is not a sprint through life. This is a marathon. And we have to endure to the end to see what the end is going to be. But we can't do it if we lose focus. We got to keep our focus on the prize. Forget those things that are behind us and reach and press and strive and aim for those things that are before us in Christ Jesus, you know. And we have to endure to the end to be saved. Verse 22, he says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. In other words, as you're moving along and you're receiving mercy new every morning, also be merciful. Be ready to rescue people. You're going to encounter people, some of them in your family. You're going to get phone calls, some on your job, some in the marketplace. You're going to see opportunity to be able to share and be merciful. That's all he's saying. Be merciful. You know, be merciful. If you if you show mercy, you obtain mercy. The merciful is always obtaining mercy from God. You sow it, you're going to reap it. That's all he's saying right there. Because mercy rescues people sometimes when they're dealing with unmerciful people. There's some unmerciful uncompassionate people out there in this world right now happen to be in charge of stuff. And they don't care about people. They're all about their own passion. We're not cut from that cloth, though. And he goes on to say it makes a difference when we do that. People may You may think people are not paying attention. Oh, but they are. They're ready to receive it. They're ready to hear about it. They're ready to be encouraged by it. You know, that's why that pride. You know, it will. Mercy take care of that pride. Verse 23 says, And others, saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, pulling them out of the fire, Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. I hate to know what that fire is. We're, but we're not preaching the fire. We're not condemning them to the fire. We're trying to pull them out of the fire. Why? We have insight about what's going to happen if they don't get saved, if they don't repent, if they don't turn. We don't have to beat them down by it. We don't even have to play God in judgment and tell them they're going to go to hell. We just give them the word. you know. And then we do everything we can through mercy and grace and patience and long suffering to try to do what God did for us. He pulled us out of the fire. Now we're on our way to heaven. You know, how did he do it? He said, by loving kindness have I drawn thee. You know, and by loving kindness shall others be drawn. And we have to be that instrument of love to help pull people out of the fire without telling them we pull them out of the fire. Well, the last thing a person want to hear, man, today, another person who have not yet died and went to heaven, playing God and telling them, you're going to die and go to hell if you do X, Y, and Z. No, we don't do that. We try to tell them how to go to heaven. That's how you pull them out of the fire. You need mercy, grace, patience and loving kindness and tender mercy to be able to do that. Same way Jesus did it. Amen. Put up with us, man. You know, and it's all about the lost. It's all about those who doubt that God is real. Okay. We must guard against becoming polluted ourselves in the process. That's what he's saying. We got to guard against becoming polluted ourselves 
you know, as we going through the process of putting somebody out the fire by being merciful, being patient, being kind, being more loving. Amen. Verse 24, he says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. There's that joy, man. We ought to be joyful about working for the Lord, you know. It's the, it's the walk in the power of God is to be able to do that. You know, God is able to keep us from falling and to present us blameless with unspeakable joy. That's what it's all about. I get very excited when I know I'm working for the Lord. You know, I get very excited that my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. But I get more excited when I can share that with someone else and they gravitate to it and they be excited about it. They may not initially, but anybody, man, who's looking for good news and they hear some good news, man, it will excite them. All the news about God is good news. All of it is good news. Everything come out of our mouth should be uh, building hope in somebody, giving somebody hope. Not to condemn them, you know, not to think more highly of, of, of ourselves than them. They're lost, and they need to be saved, and there's only one Savior. They're backslidden, and he's married to the backslider. I might not care nothing about him, but he's married to him, you know, and he said he the one can save him, then he ought to be the one we tell them about. You know, I ain't got no heaven here to put nobody in. I'm trying to avoid it myself. I ain't going, I ain't died yet, you know, to be careful. least you fall on the way there, you know, getting polluted. And so, amen. But he said, walk in the power of God. That's the key right there. Walk in the spiritual power of God. God is able to keep us from falling. He'll keep anybody else too. You know, then he says, and present us so that he can present us blameless with unspeakable joy. That's how it's going to end. We still got to be judged. We haven't died and gone there yet either. Verse 25, he says, to the only, here it is, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Not the New Freedom, the church, not to any other church, Mount New Baptist, not the, uh, you know, more than conquered warrior Christ. Man, it ain't even about that. Those are just names and titles we give to, give, give to the ministry that God gave to us. But the church is universal. You know, God is, is the head of the church. You know, we're kind of like those pastors and, and, and gifts and ministers and vessels that he set in the church for one reason. The edification of the saints, building them up, not tearing them down for the maturing for the work of ministry so that when we leave, they can, the ministry can continue to go on. Even when they're not in our presence, when we're not teaching, when we're not with them 24-7. They're out there living that life, fighting that battle continuously. And we have have to have forged enough in them that they're able to sustain, they're able to continue, even when they're outside of the building. You know, and so it's so, it's so clear what God is saying to us right there. And then he says, God is the only wise God I say I'm so sick of hearing people tell me about they bishop saved them, or they prophet that saved them, or they, they pastor saved them, or they first lady saved them. No, he is the only wise God I saved. You. Ain't no man wise enough to save nobody. I don't care how much anointing we think we got. Ain't no one man out there wise enough. Ain't none of us wise enough to save nobody. We cannot save anybody. But God, through the preaching and teaching of the gospel, through grace and faith, will save those who turn to him. But how can they except they hear what Paul said, the gospel? Can't be ashamed of the gospel. We got to trust the gospel. That is the power of God in the salvation. You know, for all who shall believe it, how can they believe except they hear? And how can they hear except the preachers preach it and teach it? That's in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, the King James Bible. It's all right there. God alone dwells in glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now and forever. And we got to endure to the end to be saved, but we get to share that with him. That's our reward that we get to spend eternity with him. So I just want to preface that because I was able to share that yesterday, and it just really ministered to me as I was able to respond to a, you know, to a very dear uh, woman of God and people of God, and I saw several other people benefited from that as they read that too. So I said, That's, this is worth sharing this morning because it already ministered to some people, and I was just responding to a very dear a very dear sister in the Lord this morning without calling her name, amen. That's not important. The thing is that the word of God went forth and it ministered, it built up, it encouraged, and uh, that person said, amen, amen, amen. And, and, and several other people that got uh, tagged on that said the same thing. And so that means that word is not coming by void, amen. That word is helping somebody right now, amen. And that's what, what I'm talking about, giving that word to people. It will help them. It will help them. We got to be, we got to be, you know, rooted and grounded in that word when we get opportunity to speak in this year. You know, we got to seize those opportunities. So I want to talk about the way we live is the way we die. The way we live is the way we die. 
Now, I hope y'all hear me. The way we live, we saved now. So the way we live is saved people. Y'all heard me pitch a little tension tandem yesterday about some things, you know. And what really got me yesterday fired up was all the profanity that was in that message that somebody endorsed that's a part of the ministry. You know, that just sent me, man. I was like, hold it, wait a minute. You know, and so the way we live as saved people is the way we're going to die. And the way we live has a lot to do with what we hear, what we hear, you know, because we think about what we hear. And it's going to apply to our life some kind of way. That's why in the book of Proverbs it says we are snared by the words of our mouth. We're taken by the words of our mouth. We got to guard our ear gate, our eye gate, and our heart gate. What we live, you know, is, you know, is, is how we die. You know, how we live is how we die. And we should live based on what we hear. You know, fresh now. The way we hear will determine how we live. The way we hear things will determine how we live. It's a certain way we have to hear the word of God. Let me help you out here. When you look in the Old Covenant in the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord is sending Moses forth to tell the people how they're living is going to have an impact on how they die. Okay? And if they reject it, you know, the way they were going to die was all them plagues and curses were going to be on their body. And he said, but if you hearken, here it is now, if you hearken to the voice of the Lord and do all that I've commanded you to do this day, these blessings in the book are going to come upon you. So it's going to be how you, you're going to live with the blessings coming upon you or you're going to live with the curses coming upon you. But the key was hearken. That word hearken is a very um, applicable word to the people of God who have an ear to hear. It's saying when you hear it, you have to hear it with the intent to do it. You heard me say that yesterday. Don't just be first to take them, but you got to be first doer too. And his people, the Jews, they messed that up. But then it was imputed to us. First to the Jews and then to us. So we can't make the same mistake they made. We got to hearken to the voice of the Lord and do all that he's commanded us to do. And we got to have ears to hear that. I hear it with the intent, Lord, to do it. There's no freebies, no free ride. When I hear that word, it's with the intent to do what thus says the Lord. Because it's going to have a huge impact on how I live once I hear it. Okay? And if I keep hearing it all the way to the end, that's how I'm going to die. Whole life based on the word. And do it all the way to the end with fear and trembling. Nothing wrong with that. You know. To know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding, a wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel to understand a proverb, meaning the word of wisdom, and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark saying. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, meaning wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's in the book of Proverbs chapter 1, verses 2 and verses 5 through 7 of the King James Bible. I hope you hear that now. To know wisdom and instruction is to perceive the words of understanding. You know, don't stop until you understand what God is saying. You know, you can read that. We either are going to live by faith or we are going to live by sight. That's it. We're going to live by faith. We're going to live by sight. We know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, now faith is. The minute you hear it, you know, not the minute you hear that word, laced with the promises of God, okay, you start hoping for that thing. You know, that's faith. That's faith. And you wait on it, okay? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's all in the book of Hebrews 11, chapter. So we know that the, according to the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 17, the King James Bible, so then faith comes by hearing, but you got to have that ear to hear now, and hearing by the word of God. The word we preach and teach is faith. I hope y'all hearing me. It's faith because we're trying to get people to please God, lost people to please God, backsliders to come back to please God. Prodigals to please God, you know, immature to please God, mature to please God, atheists to pursue God, whatever 4,200 denominations out there that are hearing this right now. It's all about pleasing God. You know, and if you're not pleasing him, you can't please him unless you know him, and you can't know him unless somebody tell you about him, okay? My question is, do you want to go to heaven? I don't want to talk about hell. That's, not, that, that's, for, that's for those who follow faith. But do you want to go to heaven? 
then let me tell you how. Amen. Let me tell you how. Let's go down now to the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 1. I want to pick up at verse uh, verse uh, verse number of 5. I know we, we went through verse 1 through 6. Let's go to verse 5 real quick. Let me try to get this to you before we finish today. It says, uh, uh, verse 5, it says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Now you have to understand here in the book of Hebrews, there is a lot of talk in these 14 verses about angels. And so this book was originally written, and the author is unknown. I try to find out who wrote it. I like to think Paul wrote it because a lot of scholars say Paul wrote this. I'll go along with that. But that's not important. But the message was to the Jews. First, remember, always to the Jews first. Amen. And then the message became to any believer out there. And the whole key was the Jews' mindset was this. They believed in angels more than they did in the supreme God. And that was a problem. You got people right now, man, talk about angels. And, and a lot of time I'll be listening to somebody, well, you know, my, my better angels and my better this, my better that. That's kind of like Jewish mythology there. That's kind of like Jewish philosophy there. They believed it more in the angels. They even thought about uh, the Messiah as an angel because they didn't know him. Remember, they rejected him. Because, see, the thing about angels is this. Angels can change. They can be this way one day. They can be that way the next day. And that's why they thought about angels so much because they saw so many different forms of, 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 of things that they thought was God because they thought it was an angel. And so they really believed in the ministry of angels, angelic beings, and angelic this, which, which changed all the time for their culture. That was their mindset. But that's how they related to God as, 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 as an angel. But look at what he's saying right here about that, you know. You know. You know. He's trying to get their minds to think about him as a supreme being and not about angels. Because the one thing about God is this. If angels keep changing, if they keep coming in a different form, okay, you know, we know the scripture that says beware of angels and entertaining strangers because we could be entertaining angels unaware. But that's kind of where the Jews were at. They always thought that. Some person would come and they were different. They thought that was an angel from God. And there was a lot of reason for that because angels did appear, but they changed all the time. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah, angels came, came to Abraham and Sarah. So they changed all the time, went to Lot's house, you know, changed all the time. And so that's how they limited everything. They, they, they limited everything to that right there. That was their mindset. They didn't think beyond that. So they always looked for an angel to come in a different form. But see, Jesus, what God was trying to get them to see here in Hebrews is this. There's only one supreme being, my son, okay, my son. He was preparing them for the one that was never going to change, that was going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why he wrote that in the book of Hebrews, chapter, uh, you know, chapter uh, 13, verse 8, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not some angel, okay, that, that, that always changed. He's the same God, okay, regardless of what form you try to put him in. One thing to know about him, here's what your ear got to hear. He's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's going to be the same forever. Don't expect him to change just because my situation and circumstance change. You know, you know. You have respect for the angels. We've been created just a little bit lower. And Jesus was, is, is an angel of God. But guess what? He's also the son of God. He's all things to all men, whatever you need him to be. But the thing you need to know about him is this. He does not change. Other angels might change, but he does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the most important thing. You need to hear that about him. This is what God is trying to get them to see. He says, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. So God is telling you right there about his relationship with his son, not his not angels, but his son. Now, he has angels available. He uses angels. They're messengers. Jesus said, I can pray to my father, and he'll send a legion of angels. That's a lot. That's like 12,000, three legions, 36, you know, thousand angels. But it's not a, even say so, you, you, can, you, can, you can have these angels come down here right now. You know. He didn't recognize Jesus like a lot of people. And he goes on to say here in the book of Psalms, chapter, um, to bring this point out a little bit clearer, the book, book of Psalms, chapter 2, verse 7, the King James Bible says this. Again, that's the book of Psalms, chapter 2, verse 7, the King James Bible. He said, I will declare the decree. A lot of times we say, I declare in decree. 
But listen to what the scriptures say now. God is the only one that's responsible for the creed. Kings and people. You remember uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the creed of things? All these people, they, they make decrees, mean they put laws in motion. Our job is to, decree, is to declare them. You know, we don't make no laws for God. God's law is already made. You know, his decrees are already in stone. You know, so we don't declare a decree. Who are we? We declare what has been decreed. Look at what he says right here. Look at what they He said, I will declare the decree that's already been decreed. Don't try to come up with no new one. And the Lord has said unto me. Look at what he's saying. That's the decree what God is saying. Thou art my son. That's capital, meaning the son of God, the only begotten. This day have I begotten thee. This day have I begotten thee, Lord. This day have the revelation came. This day have my ears heard who you are. You're supreme. You know, that's what the letter was to the Hebrews. That's what he was trying to get them to see. And to all other believers that was going to come after them once they rejected him. Then he goes on to say in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 7, verse 14, the King James Bible, he says, I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the strife of the children of men. Now, you got to think about what he's saying right there. Anyone, amen that comes to the Lord and becomes a child of God through Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can come to the Father. Not angels, but anybody who comes to him through the Son, the only begotten of the Father. Look at what the Lord said. I was chasing you just like a son. I was chasing you just like a father chasing his children. Because I love you, I was chasing you. Now, if you come, now you come through angels, you already condemned. But if you acknowledge my son, not the angels, if you come to me through my son, you become my son. If you come through my son, I will accept you as a son. You know, as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God. It's over in the book of uh, first chapter of the book of John, chapter tw uh, one, verse twelve. As many as received him, hear this now. As many as received him, who the son of God, not the angel, not the angel of the Lord, the son of God. You know, he's out chasing you. You know, just like a father a child. Verse 6, he goes on to say, and again, when he bringeth in the, the uh, first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Now, look at the position of him and the angels. The angels got to worship him. So they can't be higher than him. Come on, Jews. Come on, every believer. You know, the angels cannot be higher than him. They, too, going to worship God. Just like he told Satan, Satan was his an angel. Lost his place, but he's going to worship God, too. He's going to bow down and worship God, too. All of those angel beings, angelic beings, they're going to worship God, too. This was the problem a third of them had in heaven. They started worshiping Satan more than they did God, and they got kicked out like he did. And they still out there disembodied. But they still going to have to bow down and worship him before it's all over. You know, he's saying that. Don't put them above him. Verses 6 and 7 portrays angels as servant beings. They're messages from God, period. They're not God. These creatures worship God and serve God, period. They have a shifting, changing nature depending on the task they are assigned to by God. God assigned them tasks. That's why the Jews had a, that God had a problem with Jews treating them like Jesus, uh, but more higher than Jesus, you know. It's because they changed all the time. They, they were used differently by God. They had a different nature. Verse 7, he says, and of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirit? Little it there. And his ministers a flame of fire. God, he used them for his purpose. Verse 8, he goes on to say, but unto the son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness in the scepter of thy kingdom. That altar, that everlasting altar that never changes, that platform that never changes. You know, that he sits on, that throne, you know, in heaven. Now, angels don't sit there. His son sits there. God made it that way. In contrast to what we just said about the angels changing and, and, and their nature different, uh, according to uh, verses 8 through 14, and we're going to go over them here in just a second, Jesus is given the ultimate authority and has a nature which is unchanging and eternal. That's what you need to understand. I hope you're hearing this. He is not worshiping, but he is worship. The distinction between Jesus and these angels should be very clear. The Jews didn't get it. We need to get it. Okay? 
Verse 9, he says, Thou have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above uh, above uh, thy fellow. Anyone else? God has anointed him above. We got to keep him above everything else. That's why he said, if I be lifted up, it is now. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You know, it sounds simple, but it's hard to do. To constantly lift up the name of Jesus. Because we have so many distractions. We have so many influences out there. You know. And that's why we got to keep hearing this word, renewing ourselves in it. You know, keep it before us. Verse 10, he says, and thou, he says, and thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thine hands. Don't ever let anything take you away from that verse right there. God has laid this foundation the way he wants it. He's invited us to come and build on it, and there's no greater foundation than what he's already laid before the foundation of the world. He already knew the end at the beginning. He's invited us, y'all, to come and be a part of this, to be a partaker of this. And once we do, except the Lord build that house, our labor from that point is in vain. Book of Psalms, chapter 127, verses 1 through 3. Except the Lord build the house, they that labor to build, build in vain. And there's a lot of houses out there that have been built. Got people's name on them. All oh, this pastor so-and-so church. All oh, this bishop so-and-so church. All oh, so-and-so apostle so-and-so. Got by churches in every country. He got all over all these ministries. You know, glorifying man. But look at what God said. Is that the foundation that is built on, though? Where God gets all the glory? He's the master builder. He's the chief cornerstone. You know, I tell people in a minute, don't invite nobody to Pastor Lester Pastor Church. That's God's house where everybody's somebody special. As you come there, you see it on that big old sign. That's what God said to tell the people. That's what God said. It's in quotes because it came fresh from God. This is God's house where everybody's somebody special. You know. And and, and more than conquered warriors, hey, this is the place of restoration where restoration begins. You know. Giving God all the praise, all the glory. You know. Verse 11, he says, They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old, as do with a garment, anything or anybody that you put before God, look at what God is saying. He putting people up on pedestals. Some folks are leaving here now. If you remember back in March, when all those people went to that big Baptist conference up in Louisiana, and they were told by their leadership, their presbytery, go back, open your churches up. The scripture says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25, I don't know what translation they were coming out of, but they took that scripture and defied the governmental guidance and went out there, man, and forced those people to go back in and continue to have church because they didn't want to stop the flow of them tithes coming in and expose people. And people started dying and leaving here because they didn't they didn't fully understand the power of that virus, you know. But they didn't fully understand being subject to the power of the authorities in the land, like the Lord said, be subject to the law. Expose those people. And that one alone, I sent this out to, I think, Pastor Eric and others, and it said 12 pastors, some bishops, died that month from coronavirus because they defied what was put out, the instructions. And they, to me, they took that scripture and they used that scripture for their own compassion, their own passion their own desires. It was unwise. It was unwise. And people died. And there was a young pastor who said him and his wife said they did not want to do it. They had 250 some members, but they did it anyway out of obedience. And her husband got so sick and she had to come out and apologize to the people. And members of their church died and they felt responsible. But there were 12 bishops and apostles and pastors who died during that month all over the, all over the place because they were standing on that scripture but they didn't understand that scripture you don't have to be in no building to exalt one another you don't have to be in no building to have church we're having church right now good church lots of good church right now you know and he goes on to say they shall perish but thou remainest and they shall wax old as do his garment. Verse 12, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and the years shall not fail. If you put on the garment of righteousness, you know, you can put on all these different robes and stand in the platform and look anointed if you want to, but you're going to have to take them things off because they're going to perish anyway. But when you put on that robe of righteousness, when you put on that garment 
wear it into eternity. That's what you're going to be doing all day long anyway. That robe of righteousness, that garment of praise for your heaviness, you know, for your weariness. Verse 13, he says, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies be thy footstool. None of them. None of them. He ain't did it then, he ain't going to do it now, they ain't ever going to do it. We'll sit there before the angels sit there. We sit in heaven and place with Christ Jesus right now. Been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, which is the kingdom of light, according to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Last verse, verse 14, he says, Are they not all ministering spirits? That's a little S. They're saying something out there. They got some message out there. No. Sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. You know. Make sure you have it here to hear what they're saying now. They're not ministering salvation through the only wise God I say to Jesus Christ. You need to depart from that. We're ministering salvation through Jesus Christ, not through Pastor Lester, not through Pastor Sherman, not through Pastor Harry, not through Pastor Phoebe, not through Minister Smith, not through Minister Biggers, but nobody else. Pastor Sheila, none of them. But there are little spirit people out there with spirits. Ain't spirit, ain't the spirit of God. They ministry. I'm wondering what kind of salvation they minister. Some are ministering prosperity, some are ministering other stuff. But we're ministering sound doctrine that leads to salvation, the law being saved, backside is coming back, the prodigal sons and daughters coming back. You know, the immature mature, and the mature, you know, humbling themselves. That's what we're ministering. That's what we're ministering. You know, that's what we're ministering, you know. And so the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, again, verse 15, it says, The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. And so I don't know if that's what you hear for this morning. Uh, I pray and hope all those out there that are hearing this message, I'm going to go ahead and end right there. I uh, just wanted to finish up those verses. I have a lot more verses to cover. not going to try to cover them right now. I'll be back tomorrow morning and pick this discussion up and go a little bit further, but I do pray right now that you had ear to hear what God is saying. Don't be like the Jews were back then. They thought more of the angels than they did the supreme being. There are people right now that think more of people because they hear people and they get fascinated by what they hear. They got them itching ears. People are telling them what they want to hear so they can hold on to them, so they can beg them for money. And it's easy when you hear people telling you what you want to hear. Go in your purse, man, and pull out your rent money and throw it on the altar at their feet because you think that's God. You think that's an angel from God. You think that, oh, God done sent me my angel. Oh, first lady, you my angel from God. Oh, bishop, you my angel from God. God never puts an angel above his son, Jesus Christ. He is the way to the Father. Anybody come any other way, he said you come as a thief and a robber. You're robbing the people. You're robbing them of the opportunity to hear the voice of God. And they're hearing your voice. And they're responding to your voice, you know. And they're calling you an angel sent from God. And you should not allow that. You should defy that. Why? Let God get all the glory. He's the only Savior. He's the only wise God our Savior. And so what kind of ear do you have? Itching ears, wise ears, deaf ears. Or do you have miracle ears today? God allowed you to hear that there is miracle working power in the name of Jesus. It's supreme. It's above anything. His voice is very clear. And so, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning, Lord God, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, even right now, that your people have ears to hear. We thank and praise you right now that the word that they've heard is beginning to work inside of them to believe that, God, they can, you, you do miracles so great. And for that, we ought to be glad. We thank you for crystal clear hearing this morning. We thank you for understanding this morning. We thank you for knowledge this morning. We thank you that we're becoming more prudent, Lord God, in the knowledge that we have. We're becoming more, more governed by it in our affairs, oh Lord God. We're becoming more disciplined by it, Lord God. And we use it, Lord God, your divine wisdom, oh God, to every supply to every situation and every circumstance, to be able to manage our affairs and those of other people who come to us and ask for help so, to assist them, to be able to make good and wise and timely, orderly and sound, disciplined judgment and decisions, to be able to be discreet, circumspect, and able to avoid taking unnecessary risks and chances, exposing ourselves to others to sudden and sudden dangers and and, and, and even sometimes murderous and, 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 and life-threatening situations, but to be able to be sober-minded and thought 
thoughtful, oh God, and very careful, Lord God. And Father, we just thank and praise you for those today having ears, the ears of the wise, oh God, that they're right now, the ears are becoming wiser and more learned and more trained, Lord God, that, that we can be able to hearken with the intent to do what you say, do God, not just to hear it, not just to be first protectors, but to be first doers of that word, Lord God wiser in our hearing, oh God, that we can be clear in our hearing, oh God, wiser and more revealing and understanding of what you're requiring of us, that the result may be we're wiser in everything we do, we're more informed, we're, we're, we're better able to make decisions, oh God, that will benefit us and it's win-win for everybody, and so it'll lead us to, to the kind of life that you want us to live, because Lord God, the way we live is the way we're going to die, and so we thank you that we're more wiser and more sure of our victory this morning because of this word which ends in victorious living that you promised us, you assured us, you guaranteed us that you have a hope and a, and a promise and a future for us, oh God. And so we go forward with that hope today. We thank you for your divine wisdom, oh God, that is accompanied by your manifold wisdom. And we can hear God the voice saying unto us, oh Lord God, that we now have in here to hear what thus says the Lord. And we thank you and we praise you, Lord God. You, you, you're doing it again just like you did it before because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You do not change, Lord. And so we look to you today. We look above the angelic being, and we look to you who sit on the throne. We look to you who are right now sitting on the throne at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And we just lift up all of these situations and circumstances that are going on in the earth right now. We lift up the coronavirus situation, pandemic, and we ask you, God, to, to, to send the wisdom that they need to be able to, to make the necessary decisions that are harming and affecting your people right now. We pray, God, for those that are in leadership and have rule over us right now, that God, that you will find a way, God, to be able to make them wise, oh God, in what they're doing right now as they govern the affairs of the people. Cannot do it without the counsel of your wisdom, oh God. And so we're praying that you open doors, oh God, that you send forth influential men and women to be able to influence the outcomes, oh Lord God. Even now as they celebrate Mr. John Lewis got his contribution, we're praying, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that we not get sidetracked and distracted with that and get caught up, oh God, in that, that we look beyond this present situation. God, we thank you for his contribution, oh Lord God. We thank you for all those who have come. Lord God, to where we're at right now in history. But Father, we're looking beyond these present situations, and we need wisdom going forth to point us, to educate us, to instruct us, that we can continue to make wise decisions concerning our future. We even pray for those who are persecuted us and do all manner of evil against us. We're just praying for every household out there right now that's struggling. Lord God, we're praying for the Senate to go ahead and pass that bill and to work together with the, with the Democrats to be able to come up with another stimulus that will be able to help people, Lord God, not to worsen their situation, but, Lord God, to enhance their situation, Lord God. And so we thank you because you supply what we need anyway. So I pray we look to you, the author, finisher, and developer of our faith and declare you as my Jehovah Jireh. You will provide for your people. Turn this bitter experience around now and make it sweet for those who believe in you, God. Restore that hope, Lord God. And, Father, we give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor. We're praying that all out there that you these greetings this morning, these teachings this morning, that they have an ear to hear what thus says the Lord right now. And, God, they will begin to share this and bring hope to others, oh, God, and just encourage people, oh, God, that there is a, a new restoration that's coming from, from, from Zion, oh, God. You're going to rescue it. You're going to, God, do good by it. You're going to make it right. You're going to turn around with the devil meant for our bad and work it out together for our good. Our hope is in you, Lord God, and we know your thoughts. You said your thoughts toward us, they're good, not evil, Lord God, to bring us to an expected end, to give us a hope in the future, not only for us, but for our seed, but we're declaring destiny being restored today, we're declaring hope being restored today, because we heard your word, we thank you, God, that our ears are no longer itching, that our ears right now are open, Lord God, to hear what thus says the Lord, if you're speaking loud and clear right now, and Father, we send your word out right now, God, in the name of Jesus, to bring hope, Lord, to to build your people up and continue to perfect them for the work of ministry. We pray now for the lost. We pray for the backslidden. We pray for the prodigal sons and daughters. We pray, Lord God, right now for the immature and the mature. We pray that they be rooted and grounded in the things of God. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. Those who are not into your real, we're praying today, right now, that somebody's changing their mind because they heard the word of God. Let it fall on good ground. Break up father ground. Turn still neck. Let it not return back to you, Lord, right now. God, we thank you for the 45 platforms that is put this message out there right now. We thank you, Lord God, for all of our partners, all those who have joined us on Cat Beam and on, on, on Pod Beam and Cat App, Lord God, right now. That's hearing this, Lord God, for the first time. We give you the praise to go and honor right now for any return on it. We 
give you the glory in Jesus' name. You be glorified by it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.